everyone, and welcome to the Ukulele on the Ground podcast. My name is Aldrin Guerrero, joined by Mr. Aaron, the voice, Nakamura. Say what's up, Aaron. And Mr. Kahai, the legend, Ferguson. Say what's up, Kahai. What's up? Um, this is like the most Aloha shirt or the most Aloha I've looked in this show, I think, ever. <laughs> like, I, I just noticed that. I'm looking at the monitor there. I'm like, man, it looks so like... Like bright and happy. <laughs> Usually have like video game t-shirts and stuff. Now I look professional, you know? Like, and uh, you know what I noticed? One thing that's missing today? Two things missing today, I should say. One one Craig and one Sarah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. We... I didn't pull through. <laughs> oh, 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 that's right. That's our title last week. Oh. <laughs> They are coming, right? Kahai, you said. You said that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Guys, I, I was working on human nature getting that up, so <laughs> I couldn't do both. Sorry. No, it's all right. Um, so we apologize for not having um, Craig and Sarah this week. They will be on next week. Uh, they they have their hands full. It's the festival, Ukulele Festival of Hawaii weekend. So um, they're like, hey... We're, uh, we're super busy right now. We'll do it next week. So we're going to postpone it for one more week. We got to cut them some slack, Kahai. They're, they're super busy. They're not just like, I mean, they were already like busy people, you know, back then. Mm-hmm. Now, like they're they're even busier than ever because they are now, I don't know what their exact title is, but I know, you know, they, uh, they, they're, they're the face that runs the place, basically, yeah. right? Like that's, that's the, their thing, right? In the forum, I was like, organizer. <laughs> but they organize other stuff so yeah I, it's okay to call them that right yeah i don't know what they're i mean we'll find out next week so that's that's our cliffhanger question what is craig and sarah's official title <laughs> at the Ukul- director? Yeah. they <laughs> might maybe i don't know <laughs> talking talking to craig though it yeah. seems like even him he's like i don't know because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like i mean i i thought it was a you know festival director but when uh, when I was talking with Craig, and he he talked about like oh well you know like the board of directors said this and the board of directors said that and oh. I'm like oh so like there are people directing the directors <laughs> like what's yeah. going on like it's it's a it's like a big operation you know we we're like small fry compared to like Ukulele Festival of Hawaii so that's I couldn't even imagine how much pressure they're going under right now because this is their first year uh, doing this um. You know, it's, it's going to be all virtual. So if you guys want to join in, um, I think it's ukulelefestivalhawaii.org. Um, but if you just check out Ukulele Festival Hawaii, just Google it and you should find um, you should find the, the website where it's going to be hosted. It is going to be live um, streaming. So make sure you check that out. Or, you know, you can follow Craig and Sarah or Ukulele Festival Hawaii on Facebook and they have all the, uh, the, the awesome details in there. I will... Guys, follow me on Facebook. I'll repost um, the the Ukulele Festival Hawaii information. So if if you're following me, that should be up by this weekend. Um, not this weekend. By by this afternoon. Whenever I get home, basically, as soon as I get home, I want to post the uh, Ukulele Festival Hawaii link and all that good stuff. Okay. I wish I knew the login to our Ukulele Underground Facebook, but I don't know. As soon as I get that, the Ukulele Underground Facebook will will come alive again. But right now, I'm just like, what is it? Is it, what's my password? Is it password one? Is it password two? (laughs) Is it password with a capital P? (laughs) (laughs) Capital P password. (laughs) All right. So Kahai, in this show, what do we do in the show, Kahai? Uh, answer questions and yeah. check out uh, or give feedback, give yes. student reviews. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. 
Oh, do you have your thing that you wanted to talk about today, too? Oh, I so, do. Yeah. I do, I do. It's, it's right here. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this in just a little bit. Yeah. Oh, spoilers already, Kahai. Like, oh, you want to break that up? <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, so the thing that Kahai is talking about, let's do this before we answer some questions. But yeah, Kahai is correct. You know, you guys can ask us anything that you want. You can ask us questions live because we are live. This used to be called the Thursday Live Lesson, but now it's the Ukul on the Ground podcast. It should be called the Ukul on the Ground Live Podcast because that's what we are. Right now we're live in front of uh, some of our UU Plus members. So if you're a UU Plus member, thank you so much for subscribing. And if you haven't or if you don't know about it, we do um, this podcast live on Thursdays, 1 p.m. Hawaii Standard Time. So just log on to, um, to ukulaontheground.com and you can watch this live. You can ask us questions and stuff. But um, if you're not a UU Plus member or if, uh, you know, if, you're, if you're a podcast listener, you can always just kind of send in your questions, right? Kahai, where can they send their questions at? Uh, well, you can send it directly to us uh, through mm -hmm. email mm -hmm. uh, at questions at ukulaontheground.com. Mm -hmm. And that's... Mm -hmm. Everybody can do that. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to <laughs> give me one okay. second. Where is okay. the questions? Don't forget the okay. S at yeah. ukulaontheground.com. Questions at ukulaontheground.com. Um, that was mainly for like the people who are, who are listening. So, but the people who are watching, there's the, there's a link on your screen, you know, so you can go, go to that, um, go to that site or go to that address and you should, um, yeah, or send your questions to that address oh where where am i yeah i had a chicken sandwich and not just like knock before loop <laughs> <laughs> i had like all of 30 minutes to go grab something to eat grab the chicken from burger king it's all right <laughs> you know? yeah it's the new one and, and like you know i saw the yeah you know, i saw the ad and stuff it's like breaded and, and delicious and whatever i'm like that sounds pretty good i'm a big fan of the um the kfc chicken says spicy chicken sandwich from there it's pretty good I yeah, like that yeah, one a lot, yeah. and it's like right by my house, you know. So I go there all the time. I, I smell it all the time, at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I think the KFC one is like leagues better. <laughs> it's just, I mean, so this is not sponsored by KFC or Burger King, so I can say whatever I want about those two. I I and say it, and this this is does not reflect the opinion. Yeah, yeah. I'll Google on the ground. It's just purely Aldrin <laughs> Guerrero. You know, it was it was all right. Don't get me started about the uh, the Jollibee one because I'm sure that's the better one out of all three of them. Yeah. But we don't have a Jollibee here on Kauai, so I don't know. But if you know anyone is willing to uh, to fly over to Kauai and, and give us some Jollibee, that that'll be awesome, right, Kai? Mm -hmm. I'll give you a free sticker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A uh, hug from Kai, right? Kai, would you give oh, us? I thought you were saying that they're going to fly to Kauai yeah. and give me a Jollibee sticker. I was like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Like a Jollibee spicy chicken sandwich. It's got, it's got a little flag on it to say spicy. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a sticker for that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> a hug? No hug? Uh, maybe, maybe a fist bump in this current time. That's true. Right? That's true. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Mr. Kahai over here, <laughs> playing not, it safe. <laughs> it's, it's not you. It's it's me. It, I just I, I don't I don't want to get I don't want to give you anything. So yeah, you know, I I, I got my vaccines and everything, but I I just uh -huh. let's just play it safe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no politics here. Here we go. So uh, last night I uh, I received this. So I'm borrowing this book from Magic Mike Odo. This is the Ukulele Music Reader. This is written by the legendary. Mr. Byron Yasui. Now, this was made in 2019, and this is um, only for sale through Byron Yasui. So, if you ever watch him live or go to one of his shows or you know whenever he's whenever he is playing, he rarely plays nowadays. So, if you ever get a chance to see Dr. Yasui, 
definitely, definitely go to that show because he is like not just an ukulele master. He's like a music master. He teaches yeah. music over at the University of Hawaii. He's he's got a doctorate in in music. music. Yeah, so he's legit. And um, I haven't really like dug too deep in this book. Uh, like I said, I just got it last night from Mike. And um, this book is no joke. Like it does not hold your hand at all. Like it is musical notes up the yin yang with no tabs, no, no tabs. nothing. Like no tabs. Yeah. It's just like this is, this is what it is. You know, like if uh, if you want to learn how to read music on ukulele, you learn how to read like music, music, <laughs> not like yeah. like tablature. So I'll show another one. There's like some cool arrangements. You know, he has first waltz, which is uh, I was checking this one out. I might actually do one of these for my Thursday um, videos now because it's like four uke parts. This guy's amazing, you know. Like he's he's thought it out, and uh, I'm I'm definitely gonna try one of these. So I'm super excited to dive deep into this um, to this book because I'm a huge fan of Doctor Yusui. Doctor Yusui, I I already contacted him to see if I can get my own copy because this is Magic Mike's, and I don't want to bend it too much. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Mike, for showing this book to me. And uh, yeah, hope hope I get one. I uh, hope I get a copy soon. But this is from 2019. The book is called The Ukulele Music Reader. Okay, so if I don't know, maybe you can hit him up on Facebook. I think he's on Facebook, or you can hit up one of the guys from. Um, uh, there's like that ukulele podcast that I did with um, with Uncle Brian Tolentino. I know they're like a tight knit group and stuff. Maybe you can ask them to see if you can get a copy of this book. But this is not like for I think I don't think it's like for sale on Amazon or anything like that. Pretty cool book. Um, I'll dive a little bit deeper and I'll give you guys my uh, my thoughts. But I just wanted to kind of share this really cool book that I'm excited for. Still, yeah, I'm gonna do one of the arrangements. Or maybe that might that might be like me, you know, biting off more than I can chew. I'm like, yeah, I'll do one. And then like when I get into it, I'm like, this is difficult. <laughs> but it's fun. Um, I do, you know, I do know how to read music and stuff, but it's it's been it's been a while. The last kind of music note stuff that I transcribed over to Ukulele was the Simpsons when I was doing that. Um this is not as hard, but still like this. I don't know. I'm I'm a little intimidated. Doctor <laughs> Yasui is not like, not a beginner you player friendly, and as you guys can kind of see, but it's really cool. So go to share. Go figure. Somebody who teaches college level music, <laughs> right, would not would write for higher a higher level of music. So yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, he he goes over in like the beginning pages, like some of the you know some of the preliminaries he calls it of. Uh, of ukulele music and, and where your left hand is, navigating the fingerboard, and holding the uke <laughs> and stuff. So he does explain all that. Okay. But it's there's like no figures or no it's pictures like, or whatever. It's just like this is how you do it. Yeah. Like it's just it's yeah. like okay, let, let's start off. You, you don't know how to hold the ukulele, <laughs> and here is a shark, and now we're gonna jump over. <laughs> I mean, for example, like this is page five, and they're talking about like this is a C major, a C minor, C seven, C major seven, C minor. Seven, Seven, C six, C minor six, and C two. Like that's page four. Uh -huh. It's just like that's uh, yeah. There you go. And how to play those, you know, those chords and those voicings. So I'm pretty, pretty excited. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. Oh yeah, it does have like some, you know, some, some basic like ukulele stuff. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Let's just take a closer look at this right okay. here. Uh, you gotta Ooh. pull it back to you. Yeah, uh, there you go. So yeah. yeah, pretty simple. There's some like simple chords, and you know, there's a. Uh, 
there's some strums and stuff. I think nomenclature it's called. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm too Filipino for <laughs> for the proper pronunciation of that. How do you say it? Nomenclature. Nomenclature. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here with those fancy European words, Aaron. <laughs> fancy words that describe things. Words <laughs> that you would use. <laughs> Using too, words to describe words. You, you're too big now for bocha, Aaron. Too big for rubbish. Too big can. for bocha. Uh, <laughs> for rubbish. <laughs> for slippers. Yeah, yeah. I see how it is. Okay, okay. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so I'm, I'm super excited to dive deep in. Um, I read, you know, the first uh, the first part of the book. Pretty cool. You know, I, I, I dig it so far. And, um, and as a teacher, I'm actually super, super excited. Because he is, like I said, a, um, a a teacher over at the University of Hawaii, and I just kind of want to know, you know, like I I wanna I wanna know his style of teaching the ukulele, and you know, if it is advanced and stuff, like how does he ease into advanced? Because I get a lot of advanced students for like say the, the private lessons, you know, and it's always tough to see where I start with you know with with those people, and then um, but usually I ask them to play something, and then I can kind of go from there because I'll. I'll kind of get to know where they add a skill wise but this is cool because um it kind of goes from the basics to, to see if they have like you know form and all that good stuff so i'm i'm stoked i'm so excited i'm so excited Kai, are you excited are you excited for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh can you can you maybe like when you're reading it can you maybe like call my phone and then i'll and just read like, it to you yeah i'll just lay yeah. in bed and i'll put my phone next to my ear and yeah. you know i might nod off but it's like <laughs> <laughs> But it's like, what if we put up a video of you reading that as like uh, reading ASMR or something? <laughs> should we should do like a uh, um, like a, an ebook? Uh, not ebook. What do you call that? Like audio book. Like an audio book. Turn. And, yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. Can and like my audible. My most, yeah. My Get most, your first like, free Byron Yosui. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing is like fantasy or sci-fi books, yeah. right? Where it's like. Uh, the person who's reading the book is like into it too so they're like and then the orc sounded like this you know <laughs> man now i kind of want to write a book just so that i could do like the audiobook version of the book that i write do all your voices <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, okay nobody steal that idea <laughs> yeah. this is totally new doing audiobooks and stuff okay okay <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, with that <clears throat> with that said before we get into um the questions that kahai got i got a question recently regarding the you know the past few weeks that we've been talking about uh set lists and stuff and performing live so this you know this uh member actually a, mem a member i don't know if they want to be if they want to be identified so i'll just say member um was was asking like, hey, you guys talked a lot of you know a lot about making set lists and performing live and whatnot. One thing that we didn't talk about is how do you handle requests? Like, mm -hmm. on, I'm like, hey, that's a great question. I don't, <laughs> I I don't even know why we didn't talk about it. That was a huge, huge part of our show. 
<laughs> okay. We don't. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so now gotta, Kahai was the first question. <laughs> no, so you gotta get a poster board and you're gonna write N O R E Q U E S T, right? And you want it to be kind of big, you know, not not too big, but you know, it's visible. You wanna the, be nice about it. So put a happy face, you know, yeah. like a smiley face or, after the no request. Or you can put please no request. Right? PLZ. Because it won't be too, you know, too proper. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, um, in all seriousness, um, we, in our show, <clears throat> we allow the, the audience to, to request stuff, but we also reserve the right to say no, to refuse, like, requests. <clears throat> so, um, you know, we, we, we tell people, like, oh, just, just shout us stuff, or, you know, like, I make a joke about it at first. I'll, I'll say something like, you know, if you guys have a request, write it on a $100 bill and place it on the tip jar, and, you know, we'll, if we don't know it, we'll, like, make it up or something, you know, like, something funny like that, but you... You then introduce the, um, the the just the idea of being able to request stuff. So that's kind of um, that's my that's my psych, like like the psychology behind it. Also, you also introduce the tip jar. So it's like two things where like mm-hmm. you as the audience member um, <clears throat> are given permission or, or you know uh, or I guess informed that you can make requests if you want to. And you are also informed that the, the tip jar exists. So it doesn't have to, like, it's, it's clearly a joke, the $100 thing. But, you know, like, it, it wouldn't hurt. Like, it, it actually gives us more motivation to play whatever your request is if you're putting something in. It, Dollar, whatever it may be, you know. Just don't put coins in. Like, that's, yeah. I don't know, like, kind of offensive, I, I think. Well, <laughs> you know, like, it's just kind of like dumping your change into the, uh, to the tip yeah. jar. Well, it seems like too, like uh, by saying, "Oh, you know, you can put it on a hundred dollar bill," and obviously it's like you being, you know, like kind of sarcastic. Yeah. But it seems like that also stops people from just like putting in one dollar bills and it being like a jukebox, right? Where it's like, "I'm putting in a dollar now, play this song. I'm putting in another dollar now, play Mm. this song. I'm Mm -hmm. putting in." It's kind of like, well, maybe I gotta put in like a few dollars before I can actually ask them a song. Ah. I can't just put in, you know. At least to me, it seems like <laughs> that would stop people from doing that kind of stuff too. Yeah, there's like like a psychology behind it, <clears throat> and um, or I'll crack like other jokes and stuff like, oh, you guys can request stuff, and uh, we'll put it on Spotify after the show, and uh, you know, and the people will laugh, and it's just kind of like an icebreaker. It's it's one of those things. Banter is huge for me. Um, I I really 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 treasure banter with the audience and with with Aaron, you know, like, and, and Aaron's perfect because like very rarely he'll actually say something back. <laughs> so like, I'll just go off about Aaron. Uh, I don't know. Like I'll say something like, like last night, I'm like, you know, Aaron just got back from his European tour and he's only here for one night. So this is very special to Aaron, the voice doc. We're here about a round of applause. Give it up for the guy. He's going to his is like Asian tour tomorrow, so very, very, very fortunate to have. You know, just say stuff like that, where like, then the audience is like, is he like going to? And we do get that question, yeah. of like, you know, right on. Like last night, they're like, hey, so, so you just got back from your European <laughs> tour, and and Aaron would have to explain, like, no, he's just he's just joking. <laughs> But, but but we have toured Europe. Yeah, we have. <laughs> it is the thing like, before, so it's not. Like, it's also not like yeah. a complete joke. From like, it's not. Uh, so it it kind of you know like walks through that tightrope of like, is it real? Yeah. Is you know? <laughs> so um, yeah, it's it, it's always you know it's always fun for for the banter. But anyway, back to requests. Um, yeah, we we encourage people to like you know to tip, but you don't have to. 
you know if uh, if you're coming to our show and stuff like we we love everyone it doesn't matter if you know if, if you're generous enough to tip or you want to just hear a song uh some people just yell it from their table you know like they don't even come up and they just yell it from the table They're like <laughs> oh that's a good song we'll play that or whatever like if we're in the mood for it if it fits in the uh, in the set list or if it fits with the um with the energy of the crowd you know there's all these things that kind of have to be set in place. Do we know it well enough, you know, you know, to to play it in front of these people? If it is a request, that means that person knows that song pretty well. I hope, can, you know. Can we, can I yeah. offer? Can we do some some role playing <laughs> where I'll be an audience member? Okay, 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 okay. How how would you react? Yes, okay, yes, okay. Right? Wait, wait, wait. What's my motivation? Uh, well, just you guys at Oasis, but okay. uh, you know, Don't. so. Okay, this is somebody who it, maybe you don't see. They don't say anything at first. In this in this scenario, can I be six six three? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm very tall. Yeah. Action, okay. action. <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe it's like you guys are you know in the middle of your eyesight. Okay, okay, okay. Play we, a free we just... bird. Play play a free bird. Do you, hey, do you know how to play a free bird? You should play a free bird. <laughs> All right. So uh, our next song is gonna be. <laughs> That's how I deal no, with free birds. No, no, play free bird instead. <laughs> Oh, sir, you're one of those. <laughs> oh, yeah, right on, man. Play, play for you. Yeah, I, I bet you don't know it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or I'll say something, because we get that all the time. Or I'll say something like, we, you know, this set is not long enough to uh, to play that song. You know, If you want to stay here for like three more hours, then yeah, maybe we'll play I... some Freebird for you. But you have to stay the whole time. If this is your request, you walk away in the middle of this request. Like we're gonna have a problem. <laughs> so, so I, I said Freebird because it's like the the meme song. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But then, like for just any you know anybody who's like just you know yelling out at you and saying something, how like that's how you would react. Pretty much. Yeah, I like... mean, I would either ignore, and sometimes the, like the ignoring is part of the banter too, mm-hmm. because like you know I'll say. Uh, in the beginning of the show, I'll say something like, "Is there any requests?" No. Okay. Good. You know, like, I'll just I'll just do that so that people are like, "Ha ha ha!" You might not, you must not want requests or whatever. Yeah. And if like, so if somebody goes, "Play Freebird," and then we just keep going with the show, or, like, and not even acknowledge that person, it just becomes comes off as funny, you know, because it's like, like, oh yeah, well they don't want to play that song, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and they didn't want to play requests in general. Like that's, you know, we kind of give the audience that vibe. But feel free to you know to say stuff because um, sometimes we know it, sometimes we don't, and um, and if we know it then we'll play it if not we apologize we don't know everything that's what i'll usually say um and or or oftentimes you'll 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 say like anybody have any requests people will say stuff yeah and you'll say oh so no requests (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's right anybody have any requests can you play some beatles nothing nobody okay nothing free bird well okay all right just keep playing then that's that like and then yeah so it's it's kind of like it's super sassy. It's just super sassy, but it's it's fun at the same time, you know. Like I, I feel like instead of just telling them like no, we're not gonna play it or whatever, <laughs> it's kind of like you're doing like aikido or jujitsu or judo, right? Where you're taking like the, their momentum, and you're just like <laughs> you know, it's like they're they're t- running to tackle you, and then free bird, free bird, and then you just go whoop and you just get out of the way right and let it go fast so yeah yeah so one other thing that we never talked about is the banter like um the banter last night somebody was you know was saying that like oh you know like sure you know you can play you can do this and you're like a performance stuff but the one thing that really stood out for them is the banter between you know me and the audience and stuff or me between you know me and Aaron and um all this that stuff I've been kind of practicing for years but at the same time if you want to get good at banter, 
there's um the way that i did and it's not for everyone you know i'm a big fan of like stand-up comedians and when you really break it down like stand-up comedians are there like no instrument no nothing is just them being their silly self um with the microphone and there's no harder crowd that i've seen than than a crowd for you know for like at a comedy club like if they don't like you they're gonna tell you that they don't like you you know so <clears throat> how is it that some of the best stand-up comics can be up in front of thousands of people just by themselves and their microphone i've seen you know uh not seen live but I've, I've watched people like dave Chappelle, mitch hedberg you know like and all these people like doing their craft with just a microphone talking to an audience and they're commanding it like a like a general of the army you know it's it's kind of insane so i kind of picture myself in the same way i too am a performer but like i have the advantage of making music and having an instrument but at the same time like if the audience doesn't connect with me then it's just me you know like playing for myself really or like what's the difference between me uh and, or and the radio you know like they could just put the radio on that sound way better than me but it's that personal touch so it's the banter it's the you know um, it's making the audience feel at home or feel like they're a part of the show that's very 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 important for me and making people you know have a have me or helping people have a good time really is what it is and we set the um we set that mood pretty early in in the show that like it's just for fun and i i told those people last night that like hey uh, Aaron and I, you know, are just like an ukulele and guitar duo. We're not up here with like, you know, with, with drums and bass and electric guitars and amps and stuff. We're just like plugging into a whatever and then playing our ukulele and guitar. It's basically uh, backyard music. So why shouldn't we give that vibe that this is basically just like if you were to come to our backyard or our home or whatever, our living room, and we're playing music for you? Like, why wouldn't we joke around? Why wouldn't we show our personalities? Because who wants to just listen to the radio? If that's if that's what you're into, go to a different restaurant where, like, you know, they, they they're have you, the yeah, they're playing they're playing music on the radio. Like you you came uh, well most of the time, you know, pe uh, people come to kind of watch the show or watch a performer, and that's why a lot of people seek out bars and restaurants that have live music because they want to watch live music, right? <clears throat> so you want to be an entertainer and you want to make sure that the audience is having a good time i mean that that's my style my style is very comedic and very engaging you know with the audience but it doesn't have to be that like if there's something that you you know that you like or something that's kind of comparable to like uh to when, when i said with stand-up musicians uh stand-up comedians going on stage and kind of just commanding the stage just by themselves i you know i studied their their demeanor their like you know their their act and how they you know how they deliver like some of the lines and and how even how they talk or how they walk around the stage or how they move and stuff and how they interact with the microphone stand there's like so much stuff um you know i, I know stand-up comics are not for everybody but it's it's something to really check out you know to if uh there's some there's some great clean ones out the jim gaffigan super clean you know it doesn't have to just be super raunchy all the time um jim gaffigan hilarious and his delivery and his style is is super funny so i you know, I'm a I'm a huge fan, and it's it's things like that that'll help with uh, with banter, and making sure that the audience is engaged. You know, uh, what I noticed is that when you know when everything was like locked down and mm -hmm. we had to do things you know from home and stuff, is that like a lot of uh, late night hosts mm -hmm. they were kind of weird because like they would tell a joke or say something. Mm -hmm. 
and there'd be no audience, right? Mm, but they yeah, leave yeah, yeah, a yeah. pause there for yeah. an audience. <laughs> and so it's just like, oh, that's kind of strange. But I think yeah. as time went on, they kind of tightened it up and they, they mm. got it to feel more natural, right? Yeah. But one one person that I think of is like Bo Burnham. Mm. He, he has a new special that Netflix out. special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like it's supposed to be a kind of like a stand-up routine or what he would make into a stand-up, but it's all from his house, right? And it's just by himself. And people said it's like a descent into madness or something, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But his delivery too is like you can see how he really thought about like, okay, I'm presenting this kind of like a stand-up thing. So mm-hmm. there there you can see where like ebbs and flows Mm -hmm. but then also like i understand that there's no audience to actually react Mm -hmm. to it but i gotta kind of put in either like a pseudo audience or something right to Mm -hmm. make it so it seems like oh okay this is when it i think that's like what he's like really good at is like timing and i think that's what uh good uh stand-ups are yeah you know also good at is like they're they're timing to like okay, here I'm going to tell a joke and just pacing, right? Like, mm. I got to leave space for either mm. laughter or, you know, do I go mm. right into it? So yeah. when you look at, if you're going to look at those things and use it for your own, like, banter, like, I would suggest, like, really paying attention to those uh, details, right? It's like, yeah. oh, okay, so it kind of, like, you kind of have to feel feel like this before I can just tell another joke or I can just say another thing. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's fun. Once you kind of get it down, and that's... Yeah, you know, it it takes a while to uh, to get down a a routine or like even just the confidence of like saying stuff you know to to an audience. But that's what you know that's what open mics did for me. Like I would just go to an open mic every week, and just try out new stuff, say new things, and um, yeah, it, it was like my uh, my time at Volcano Joe's was half music and half like banter, you know, and um, really 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 helped me out a lot, and even. When I was playing with my band, with uh, we had Daniel as a guest here, you know, a few weeks back. When Daniel and I were playing in our band and stuff, um, we had banter between the you know both of us. And Dan is an, is is awesome with banter, so I you know I kind of like took cues from him. And uh, yeah, now that I'm I'm doing it myself, just kind of finding the you know the right moments to say things, or you know just making sure things are appropriate because I have said some inappropriate things, and we don't want to get into that. But that. It is a fine line that you're, you know, that you're walking because um, you don't want to offend the audience and you don't want to, you don't want the audience to have a bad time. That's a very thin line, Kahai. I've found out. (laughs) I have, I have really pushed the envelope sometimes and I'm like, oh yeah. But you figure it out. Yeah. Going to note that I shouldn't say that. Um, uh, One thing that comes in mind, uh, when we, you know, when we were in Australia, so Jim, you know, like uh, when Jim was nice enough to uh, to to host us at his house and got us gigs and stuff over in Australia, we did the um, the Spruik, uh, which is the Brisbane Ukulele Festival. Um, we did that, and we did it for two nights. The first night, I didn't, I had no idea like what what I was gonna say for the banter and what I was gonna do. And the second night, because I had a little bit of um, of experience with the audience already, the second night was way better. Like okay. I had brought this device of like of uh, of imaginary notebook is what I had in uh, on the second night where I'm like, okay, cool. The audience did it because like I'm just like, okay, well, why don't I just you know like show the audience exactly what I'm doing? It's like, okay, cool. I said that the audience does not like that, or you know, and then so the audience would laugh. It's like, okay, cool. 
doing the imaginary notebook. Audience likes that, so keep doing that. And like, that's live, you know. Like I'm, I'm doing the imaginary notebook thing, and it's like it's kind of cool to um, you know, to to kind of evolve something because the first day I'm like, I guess let's just play our songs and just be professional about it. I'm like, ah,、oh, here's here's my song, and it was a good show. But I think the second night and the second show was was better because the banter and the connection with the audience is way better. Yeah, I I think、mm-hmm. something that. It's you, people are gonna argue like no, this it hasn't improved that much, right? <laughs> But I feel like、uh, be- because I have to like edit the podcast and、yeah. stuff, I like listen for things that I do. I try to make a conscious note of like、mm-hmm. I gotta stop doing that, or like I should, <laughs> you know, try and fix that or try、yeah. and be different or something. But I think that is a thing if you're doing open mics,、uh, it's. It's tough. I I don't like to watch myself or listen to myself, and it feels like I, you're kind of being like, "Oh, I'm a narcissist, right?" But、yeah. it's like it really does help if you record yourself and then you look back at it later, not only for your playing, but just to see how the overall flow of the show goes. Yeah. So, yeah, it was.、Um, I think recently, <laughs> like something that I, that I've done, like that didn't work, that like totally bombed. Was like at a at Indiana, I made like a political thing, and it's like, oh, they didn't like that. <laughs> it was like not. I mean, it was a joke. It wasn't like you know, like serious. But they don't even want to joke about politics there.、So、like, okay, cool. Like noted. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> wait, wait, was it? Was it Indiana? It was Indiana, right? Was it、yeah. um, San Francisco? Was was it San Francisco that that I did that? Uh, I don't remember. I don't want to say what it is because. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean,、say. you usually stay away from politics anyway. But... Yeah, I don't know why, but I think <laughs> I was. It was a workshop. It wasn't even a performance. It was a、uh, workshop, and I just said something that it wasn't even like. It, it it just had, it was referencing something political, but it wasn't like the joke itself yeah, wasn't、oh, positive. Yeah, yeah. yeah, now you know what I'm talking about. Yeah.、Um, And it's just like they didn't like that at all. That I even went near it, you、yeah. know. Like so, I'm like, okay, it might、okay. be San Francisco. Yeah, it, yeah. No, was it Brown County? Yeah, anyway, I guess it doesn't matter. But you know, so I, there's there's sometimes that I too step on landmines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carefully treading, you know. But yeah, it's it's okay. I I recovered from it. It was it was fine. Yeah, they they had a great time. <laughs> For those people who were in Brown County, it's like I know what he said. Because <laughs> as soon as I said it, it was crickets. It was supposed to be a joke. It was crickets, and I'm like, oh, they did not like that. <laughs>、yeah. Oh man, see, you know, sometimes Bill Burr will will also bomb. <laughs> you know, like it's not 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 every show is going to be good, right? Yeah, I think. <laughs> well, I think every if you ask every stand-up, right, they'll say、mm. that yeah, they went through like growing、mm. pains of like doing jokes or doing things and realizing like, oh my god, nobody is laughing. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's tough because like with in comedy clubs, you have hecklers up the yin yang that'll just like, yeah, like, boo or like whatever you suck or、mm. whatever you know they'll just just start saying stuff. So I, I don't know, it just it, I tried to land it, didn't land. Yes. <laughs> Crickets. Well, first time in a long time in my career that like, oh, yeah, maybe don't do that. I don't know why I did that. Sometimes <laughs> I just say stuff, and that's usually the times that it doesn't work. <laughs> they're like, oh, they don't say this. But yeah, Kahai.、Uh, so let's go to the emails. Yep.、Uh, so we got about half an hour、mm-hmm. left, so、yeah. maybe we can try and speed through the, some of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah.、Um, so Chris and Sue asked. I think this was on last week. They asked、mm-hmm. if you can. Show how to do、uh, artificial harmonics and talk about the technique behind that. Okay, 
so artificial harmonics real quick um the loudest uh, harmonics on your instrument is the halfway point between the nut and the saddle of the ukulele that being the 12th fret so because it is the halfway point um the harmonics are going to be the loudest there so the 12th fret you also have harmonics in other frets like the seventh fret for example but it's just not going to be as loud or as bright as a 12th fret because that's that's just the loudest. So now that we have established that 12th is the loudest, we're gonna do some math, everybody, okay? So if you place your finger here on the 12th fret, you're making this, uh, you know, the scale shorter, oh, correct? Fret. Oh, sorry, second fret. You're making the scale shorter. So this is now the new, I guess, nut, you can think about it. And then here's the saddle. Now, um, so 12, we, you know, we, we said that 12 was a number. So 12 plus two is gonna be 14. So we don't have the luxury of our left hand to assist us with the harmonic. So we're gonna use our pointer finger. So the pointer finger, the flesh, not the, you know, not the nail, the flesh is gonna go right on top. And I'll show it to you from this angle here. here. So it's just gonna go right on top, the 14th fret, because 12 plus two equals 14. And then from behind it, and I'll show it to you from this angle. Ah, there it is. So my finger there, 14. Okay, and then thumb is gonna hit it from the back. And that's how you get that artificial harmonic. It's a pointer finger, flesh, once again, on the 14th fret. And it's, um, as, as per usual, if you're doing harmonics, you wanna stick closer to the front fret wire. So on the 14th fret, the fret wire closest to the 15th, that's kind of where you wanna go. So here, this is my um, 14th fret, and I'll show it to you from this, the angle like this. So here's the middle of my fret. I'm gonna kind of get closer to here. See that? So that's where I'm aiming. That fret wire closer to the fret 15. Nice and clean, because watch if I do it in the middle here, like that. It's okay, but if I place it right on that fret wire, it should be all good. So in this case, if, if you know that that's 14, you can just kind of think about it as this um, this octave here, 12, because that's really what it is, is the octave of your open strings, G, C, E, A. This will also be G, C, E, A. So if you have B here, it's gonna be B over here as well. So you can kind of move, you know, and, and play notes on the left hand, and you can uh, just kind of play those notes by just thinking about the 12th fret, imagine there's a nut here in the 12th fret and you're trying to mirror what you're doing here on the left hand. So, uh, so I'm playing this the C scale. So it's going to be 0, 2, 0, 1, 3, 0, 2, 3. So here I'm doing 0, which is 12. 12, then 14, then 12 on the E string, then 13, fif uh, 15, 12 in the A string, 14 and 15. And you can also add like techniques on the side, like slides. artificial harmonics so the magic number is 12 okay next yeah I think the the thing though uh, with in general with harmonics is ah. the the problem that people have with harmonics uh, usually 
is the touch you need to play it mm-hmm. and it's a really light touch so that's kind of what you have to yeah. keep in mind i know before we we said it's like butterfly kisses on yes. the, the strings yes so think of that yeah yeah okay uh okay. the next question is uh, from let me pull it up from skip lunch and they ask uh Watching Aldrin discuss balance, I started wondering about string action and playability. Mm-hmm. Not that a high or low action affects balance, but is one or the other better for picking? Or is there an mm-hmm. optimal action setting? Good question. Okay, so for those people who are more pickers than strummers, I suggest lower action because the lower action will allow you to, um, you know, to get that note or that, you know, fret that that string a lot easier because you don't have to press down so you know so hard but at the same time if you uh if you hit it any harder than you're supposed to it's gonna buzz it's gonna like hit against the um you know the i'm mean, not all the time i'm not saying this is like it's guaranteed to do you're gonna have to hit it pretty hard but um the reason why i went with a higher higher action reason is because I do a lot of hard strumming. So if I do hard strumming and the strings are closer, for those of you folks who don't know what lowered action means, that means that uh, the strings are closer to the uh, to the to the frets uh, height wise. Okay, so the, the height of your you know of your strings. So imagine this is the um, this is the fretboard and this is how high your strings sit on there. So you can either be on a higher action or a lower action. So the lower action allows you to just kind of place your fingers on the frets and it'll just kind of go down like nice and easy. Imagine if you're if you have high action, you would need a little bit more um, effort in order to put that uh, put that string down. But the advantage is that because it's so much uh, further away from the uh, from the fretboard, then that means you have a lot of room for that string to vibrate before it starts to um, you know to, to kind of slap against the the fretboard. And that's the advantage. So I was actually talking with Magic Mike last night about this because I told him that um, I went for a slightly, and it's not by much. It's really very like uh, minute um, amount of, uh, of raising my action. And um, it is noticeable, but it is not that high. So don't, don't think it's like super high or anything. Um, uh, Mike was saying like, uh, because he's a bass player, he's saying that, yeah, a lot of, you know, a lot of the great bass players, if, you know, if you're, uh, if you're into playing bass that has like a lot of fast notes and stuff, you want low action because you can just kind of like touch the string and it will um, it will react or it will you know make a sound or you'll get that note without without any effort and that allows you to do like kind of speed you know picking or whatever it may be. Um, but for the guys who do like slap bass, really like to attack those strings, they don't like the lower action that much because you know it's um, they're not going to get a good sound out of like hitting that string that hard. So it's that's kind of the pros and cons. Same thing with the ukulele. Um, since I've you know I've noticed I'm more of kind of like a strummer than I am a picker in the sense that I do a lot of strum picking, but I still do picking. So I, I went with just a little bit higher. Um, also, part of your question, intonation and all that stuff, it does affect it because. You know, I'm not raising the nut. I'm raising just the saddle part. So it is going to come at a slight angle. But once again, very, very, very minute. But it is an angle nonetheless. So I had to compensate the uh, the saddle a little bit so that um, intonation-wise, that's perfect. You know, like it's... Yeah. 
if I did that, I'm like so proud of it. <laughs> like I, I did my own intonation. Yeah, yeah. If you're doing like a full setup, mm. right, you're probably gonna mm. adjust both the saddle and the nut to to mm -hmm. try and get that even. So yeah, yeah. It, you know, if you're you're thinking like, oh, I just gotta grind down my saddle just mm. to make the action better or whatever, it can work. But then yeah, just think that it. To kind of get both to be good, mm -hmm. you have to do, you can't just go, oh, change one and the other will be mm -hmm. fine. So. For some ukes, it's easy. Mm -hmm. uh, for some ukes, it's definitely hard. You know, like I would like hand it off to a professional to yeah. uh, to, to get that done. Um, I wouldn't suggest anything like that to, you know, especially for beginners, if, if you don't know what you're doing, because you could really mess up your ukulele. Yeah. If the... Um, if the action is too low, then you get like lots of buzzes. If the action is too high, it's almost unplayable. Yeah. Know? So, because like a for a professional, it's mm -hmm. less of like guessing what they mm -hmm. have to do, and it's more of a science for them, right? Yeah. Like, they know yeah. exactly like okay, we'll take it down by this mm -hmm. much millimeters, or yeah. we'll do this. Yeah. I have because um, I kept the old saddle that that I had that was on here and that was pre-installed, and I just basically you know went pretty close to it, but I gave it. I mean, I didn't measure it or anything, but I just gave it just a like a hair more, like made, like paper thin, maybe two pieces of paper higher, you know, which is not much, but noticeable for me. And it feels good. Man. It feels feels so good. <laughs> feels so good. And it feels like you know I'm playing a grown up uke now because it was just so easy to play. Like um, a, an instrument with lower action is easier to play, and that's why a lot of people tend to go towards lower action. Um, you know, people who do setup like Mim guys like at um, Hawaii Music Supply and uh, a bunch of other people who do setups, they'll usually set it up pretty low uh, for for people to for easier playability. You know, but once you kind of learn more about your instrument, the more you kind of want to um, adjust it for your own playing, which is what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. And and those guys usually ask to like what That's type true. of player yeah. you are. Yeah. If you're right-handed or left-handed and they'll set it up based off of that. Yeah. And so there, there's a lot of factors that mm -hmm. they usually ask the player to see and, if like, you know, what type of action would probably okay. be, be best yeah. for them. Yeah. So. They so in in their question they asked if there's like an optimal action and I think they mm -hmm. probably wanted something like what is the best overall like action that you should go for right <laughs> there is but, a number I don't know it though like uh yeah but then it, it's also probably gonna be in between mm -hmm. both low and high right it's mm -hmm. not gonna be the highest action and it's yeah. not gonna be the lowest action yeah. yeah. So really, it's up to you. And I would suggest the best thing to do is to go to a music store and see if they have ukuleles mm -hmm. with both high and low action mm -hmm. and try them out both and then just see like what you like about one, what you like about the other, mm -hmm. you know, or try out a range. And then that's kind of how you, you figure out your preferences. And then from there, it's like if you make an order from a site or if you get a, a ukulele from a store the next time, maybe you can ask them, oh, can you set this up? And I kind of prefer like a lower to mid action or just like a low action or whatever yeah. yeah also depends in the store because sometimes the store will just you know like we'll just unpack like a bunch of collars yeah. that came straight from china and they won't even like do setups or anything so it also depends too I, but you'll feel a high action yeah. versus a low action you can you can also try and like if a store is like that right yeah try and look for a store that has multiple brands mm -hmm. because each brand has their True. own yeah. type of action so that's how you can kind of get a better feel yeah. of you know what it feels like and stuff yeah. so yep okay next 
Um, I think that's what we got for our questions. Cool. But uh, we had so we had a couple people send in stuff that they wanted our feedback and reviews. Mm-hmm. So review. okay, yeah. let's start out with uh, Chris and Sue since we were talking about Chris and Sue. Mm-hmm. So, um, Chris and Sue put in a, it's like a 12 bar blues, you know, that, that yeah. they had. Pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it was the, their yeah. submission for our last songwriting challenge. Okay. So, as far as, you know, as, the, as that goes, I just heard it not too long before we started this, uh, this show. I thought it sounded good. I thought it was nice and mellow. You know, it wasn't like too, you know, too aggressive or even complicated and stuff. They took it nice and easy. I think their um, their rhythm has definitely gotten a lot better. They added like some rhythm stuff. I thought I heard a shaker or something, some kind of mm-hmm. percussion in there. That definitely helped out a lot. You know, I, I'm I'm sure uh, with with keeping the rhythm down because that's every time you know I, I run into a student where I know what to look for. So Chris and Sue have sent so much um, uh, student reviews that I kind of like kind of know where you know what to what to look for and i think um this is one of their best as far as rhythm goes that that they've sent in it's really good and i I see the improvement great job whatever you guys are doing it's working okay um uh yeah i i liked it i mean you know it's it it was nice and simple 12 bar blues it was it was really good and i think that might have been kind of the whole point. It's just like it's bluesy, but they're playing like something nice and simple, like you know, mm-hmm. against it. Because that was kind of the songwriting challenge, right? Like play a minor song, but do a happy, you know, like a happy oh, or whatever was, uh, thing. This isn't for the current songwriting. Oh. It was for last time songwriting, mm-hmm. but yeah. Okay, well, you know, it worked for this one because I yeah. thought it was, you know, I thought it was cool. Like the uh, the kind of solos that they played, it was nice and mellow. It wasn't too crazy because with blues, you can definitely get pretty crazy or very like, um, you know expressive but uh yeah if if you you know if you want to get better at it that that would be my main advice is to just add a little bit more expression and you know like uh it's tough to explain but like that that soul that blues soul in there it has you have to kind of like make every uh every note like just have tons of emotion whether it may be laughing crying whatever like each note has to have uh, uh, lots of depth of emotion i think uh like this chris and sue are doing a great yeah, job yeah they're doing great but like I, just something that yeah it, it feels like they're mm, you can kind of tell when somebody is new to soloing or like mm-hmm. you know they're kind of dipping their feet into soloing mm-hmm. and improvising and stuff mm-hmm. because it kind of feels like they it's like oh let's go up the scale and now let's go down the scale yeah. right it's kind of like oh and yeah that's that is where you should start mm. but since you kind of you guys kind of have that down mm. maybe it's now's time the time to think outside of the box not just yeah. going up and down but skipping around the scale and then or even just staying like staying in just like the first mm-hmm. few notes like yeah. if you listen to the greats like um like bb king for example mm-hmm. it's not like he played a lot of notes you know or went up and down the um you know the, the scale it's just every single note had some kind of deep depth of e- emotion to it um don't forget to take advantage of um of your techniques because i just kind of heard you know or just kind of notes right so you can do something like So it's kind of the same thing. I'm adding slides, I'm adding like bends, I'm adding hammer-ons, I'm adding pulls, hammer pulls. 
because that sounds fancy, but really you can break down everything that I did in that solo. Like And it just makes for for more interesting solo and adds that um, that emotion to it. If you're squeezing that note for everything that it's worth, like so volume, you know, makes a makes a big difference. There's a lot of stuff, but you know, in in time, like I'm not too yeah, <laughs> I'm not yeah. gonna be picky or too worried about. It, but if you want advice on how to make it better. That's definitely my advice I, is to to add, you know, like emotions to those notes. Yeah, I think they're doing great. Yeah. And I think these are just things that like now you can start to mm -hmm. think of because you've already reached this point. Of, yeah. You're you're pretty good at, at soloing mm -hmm. or you, you've got the basics of soloing down. Mm -hmm. So now how do you elevate that? Mm -hmm. And like I think like what you're doing right now, right, is not only thinking about the notes and the feeling of the notes, but mm -hmm. also or the uh, you don't just play with just what notes you pick, but you play out with the rhythm too. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I think you guys are kind of sticking to like eighth notes and uh, quarter notes, and then you know try and like make it so our blues and jazz and all that that type of music is kind of gets its feeling from like syncopation where it's mm -hmm. like a little off kilter, right? It's yeah. like mm -hmm. this note is held for a little bit longer, or this one is like mm -hmm. shortened a little bit. So, you yeah. know, just like uh, try and play around with that. And that's mm -hmm. how you really get that that feeling in there, yeah. I think. Um, and a, a lot of it is just exposure to, you know, like a mm -hmm. lot of blues and and and, um, and players that, you know, that uh, that play in that style. So it it's one thing to kind of learn the blues and learn the, um, the the theory behind what makes, you know, what notes to pick to make it blues. But if you immerse yourself in um you know in blues even just for a day like just kind of listen to a lot of the greats and how they played their notes you're gonna notice that like okay yeah that's that's you? some emotion or that's like some you know really feeling the sadness of this person and their hardships and stuff and that's one thing that you know that that you'll that you'll get from really listening to the greats well you you probably have examples right of like if you play something in mm -hmm. a solo or impro like uh improvising yeah you can probably like you play it and you don't really think about it but then afterwards you're like oh yeah this is like mm -hmm. something that hendrix would play or yeah. this is something that steve Vai would play so yeah yeah and i, I every musician does it so mm -hmm. don't feel like I, I would encourage to go out and yeah. steal from other people take take their riffs and and just play it right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah ch definitely checks other people out other players out. yeah okay yeah i i did notice that uh they were playing around with a lot of bends there, mm. there were a lot of bends mm -hmm. in there um but i think it's still like a matter of playing around with knowing how much to bend and, and Cause where because it, it seemed yeah because yeah. it seemed like there was uh i guess sort of not not like a fine level of control on the mm. bends so it'll go like because can you give examples like because you can do like a like a bend to yeah. the next fret or even to the you know two frets also up. here so on this note i can bend to that or to bend to this so so that's what it is mm -hmm. right there or i can go yeah and so you you kind of have to get to know your ukulele how much pressure to put yeah. and how far to bend it in mm -hmm. order to get to the next note yeah and the bend and has then, a purpose yeah yeah, yeah. it yeah. can't just be a, like 
just a bend. Yeah, right? and, then, and then sometimes it seemed like maybe they weren't using two fingers to bend mm. because it wasn't getting quite so to the not. next note, you know? Like, if that's the bend, like, it's not just... Yeah, or they were doing, like, a lot of bend, just bend up and back down. Yeah. And it sounded yeah. like it kind of yeah. sounded like uh, somebody who just got a new instrument with a whammy bar, mm -hmm. or they got the whammy pedal, and they're like, "Ooh, wow, yeah. wow!" But without so like, like we're wow. playing around with it, yeah. but then knowing how to control it so that it gets to the mm -hmm. note that you're intending, yeah. um, and then being able to hold it like or hold that bend for the duration that you want it, like either long or short. Mm -hmm. Um, that that all comes with practice and and um, time. So yeah, so yeah, I, I, yeah. I, it's a good, it's a great start. Yeah. So I, that that using that in uh, sorry, but using that as an example, like the the half note and the whole note. What I mean by like purpose is um, it it's hard to explain, but you kind of have to have a map or at least know what the phrase is gonna sound like or have an idea. So for example, I want a phrase like. Uh, Right, and I wanted to like okay. Well, how do I make how do I add a bend to make that you know better? So that's when you add the bend, but it's part of that like uh, what you were intending to do anyway. What you heard in your head, it's like okay, cool. But how do I make that a little bit more interesting instead of just going? So yeah, yeah. And so in that case, you knew exactly how no, far yeah. to bend. Yeah, yeah what. What note you were aiming for, yeah. so you you bent until you heard the note and then came back down. That's a note. Yeah, it's it's even mm -hmm. telling that you bent that note yeah. right, and because I was thinking about this, and when you're playing that riff, I was like, I know he's gonna bend from that yeah. like the fourth note to the fifth note back down to the fourth, mm -hmm. uh, or something, you know, like whatever that pattern is. But you could have also bent that like slide into it. But I kind of like instinctively yeah. knew that I was like, I don't think Audrina is going to do that either. Cause yeah. it's going to, the, I think the bend is really a technique to add, um, kind of tension. So mm -hmm. like, yeah, thinking about that is like, when, when do I want to kind of make it feel like it's uneasy or I'm, I'm really building up to something and kind of mm -hmm. that's when you might want to put in, uh, bends. Mm -hmm. But not just like, oh, there's, you know, there's yeah. an empty spot. I can slide in whatever techniques I want. And then you just put in a bend. Then it, then it's going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, you can do a bend. But yeah, you can kind of tell that yeah. it doesn't, it's not really going anywhere, right? It's that's not an, leading to anything. That's another way to kind of approach it. The, the pre-bend you can do. So just like hitting that note, but then like pre-bending it so that you're back, you're still at that same note. <laughs> so yeah so just different ways to kind of approach it so it has to kind of have that purpose so it's it serves it's not just like you know to like just to bend the note it has to have like a, a purpose so if i'm gonna bend this it's for like well where do i want to bend it to like how aaron said so That's like that's the line, right? And that's what that's what bends is for. It's just kind of like reaching another note by bending it. Yeah, I and then maybe reiterate the supporting the bend with another finger. Oh yeah, that... yeah. So I I was using two fingers there or three even for more support. Yeah. So so the finger behind 
the yeah. fretting finger is also pushing on the string up. in order to help bend that that note mm -hmm. and that makes bending a lot easier yeah. and Even more here. controlled right where you, where you can get to the note that you're looking for yeah some something i heard them do which i think they're this is what they're trying to do mm -hmm. but they did like uh they repeated one note, right? Like they, they took our advice they, yeah. where we yeah. said like, just stay on one note and then just repeat it. But they're like bending it and they're just going, bow, 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 which is, it's not bad. But then on the, like, that's where it's like, you can think of it instead. You just bend it up, you go, wah. And then while it's still bent, you just keep hammering on that note, bow, 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 right? Like yeah, it's bent see. and then pre-bend it. Yeah, I'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Where instead of it just going like up, down, up, down, mm -hmm. up, down, like you maybe you think of it more like that too. Yeah. That's yeah. something else you can add. So you go, bum, bum. Yeah. <laughs> you could like do it over, uh -huh. but it just has purpose. You know, like it really was you know, you're going somewhere with it. It's not just like to add bends just for the sake of adding bends yeah, yeah. Uh, now i add bend here and i add <laughs> like yeah you don't want it to be like yeah. that i think it's a it's a good thing that we had so many so much to say about their stuff mm -hmm. because like uh, i hope they don't take it like that it's like no oh, no because have... like i've said in the beginning it's great it's like the best song that they've said this so far yeah and i think the reason why mm -hmm. we have so much to say about it right mm -hmm. is because like we can see the potential of like mm -hmm. oh man they're they're really getting better and they can yeah. just they can start to expand their playing even mm -hmm. more if they think about these things it's more excitement we're like okay yeah. okay now that you can do that yeah try this now you know like oh, it's awesome so, do this <laughs> yeah so so even like one the, the last like uh suggestion i want to give yeah. is that i heard them both kind of soloing at the same time mm -hmm. and i don't think it's mm -hmm. a bad thing but definitely consider uh, uh something powerful is when there's silence in your song right and or like if one person is playing it it can be even more strong if the other person just like backs off and says like oh i'm not either i'm gonna play softer or i'm not gonna play at all right mm -hmm. and, and that because like you can really show that is like that's who you should be listening to you so. don't want to clash either yeah because yeah. like i think we just put up uh human nature mm -hmm. and i think that song is a great example of like right because it, it's the the lyrics are like uh looking out and then there's a pause yeah. before he starts singing again if he just sang looking out into the nighttime right yeah. it, it wouldn't have the same effect mm -hmm. So when you're playing, don't feel like you have to throw all your things in at once. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you feel like you uh, hold hold back some, you know, like mm -hmm. keep it in your pocket until <laughs> it's like, okay, now, now it's time to bring it out, right? But so. he, uh, Michael Jackson also adds all this, looking out into the nighttime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, you, you can, but it's just something to consider. Uh, that That's what they said is that the more notes yeah. that you know to play, the harder it is to play fewer, right? Yeah, to make it sound yeah. kind of more classy. So that's something to consider. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. Should we talk about Kathy's? Yeah. Too? So one more Kathy. Um, I thought it was good. I think Kathy kind of, you know, knows what kind of music she wants to play and what kind of ukulele work that she has to put in to make the kind of sound that she wants. And I think this song that she sent is exactly that i think you know like she 
she knows what to do it's not like not too fancy and not too little either i think she's adding enough stuff mm-hmm. um i don't know i mean what else to make it better you're experimenting with a lot of stuff you're experimenting with different you know uh, inversions and voicings and whatnot uh, maybe uh adding extensions might be something that you can expand on so for example you know just instead of just playing out the entire time like you can add an extension You know, like it because it you can just do and it works for something that Kathy does you know but instead of just those those chords it just adds a little bit more without without being too much because mm-hmm. there's definitely a fine line also on that you know um to being too much so Add in something that you know that is tasteful and and will kind of match with, with whatever you're doing. I wouldn't really add too many things because, like I said, it, whatever you're playing definitely matches with uh, with what what kind of music you're you know you're you're doing. Yeah, like uh, so the last time Kathy sent in uh, her song. Yeah, she sent it in to me and then like or you know I told her like oh if you send it to me I can try and. Uh, kind of rebounce her song you know and then mm, put mix put, it and stuff yeah yep. put an eq on it like mm. we we're telling her to right like right. because uh before her her ukulele and her voice were kind of taking up the same space yep. so i just eq'd it so that they're like a little bit more separated mm-hmm. and i think this like, she she said she was like playing with that and she even added bass to have that low end too mm-hmm. so she's really like getting into like you know exactly like you said like what kind of song she wants mm-hmm. to record and play and make and like and even the things i can think of like i don't know if it would improve her songs or it's just something she wants to try but it's like uh the other thing i think she can start playing with is like panning her tracks like a Mm. little bit right going a little bit left and right yeah and then i this is more work so feel free not to do this (laughs) because it's like i'm not gonna be the one you know playing your uke but uh if you like even if you're playing your uke and you're just strumming you might want to double track your uke so record yourself playing the same strumming track twice even if it's the same um uh exact pattern you know you're doing the same exact thing it just makes your ukulele sound like wider and bigger in space and then pan that 100 yeah 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 yeah. 100 to the left 100 to the right or or experiment sometimes i do 50 50 or you 35 to get it closer to the middle i like uh sometimes i like doing like where the uke is like 75 uh 40 on the left 75 on the right mm. and then the bass is like 75 40 so ah. it, like you can kind of get a soundscape of like that the bass yeah. is coming out of your left ear right. a little bit more but these are just things that like it's like just you're just sprinkling mm. on already yeah. you already got the bass <laughs> soup you're you're great you're good to go yeah these are just yeah well, Garnish, garnishes garnish yeah and, and if you want to try them if not you know take off that mint throw it away that's fine too so yeah, yeah. um i i put up a song today um of, of my redo of an old song that i wrote called buttercup and for that i did two electric guitar parts um playing the same playing the same part there's some slight changes just so that it you know sounds a little yep. bit like different a uh, hard left hard right which is 100 left 100 right the two ukes basically the same exact parts that was at 50. So it's just kind of like, here's the guitars. The guitars are there, but the uke is in the middle because that's kind of what's being featured. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I do. And what made it sound really cool was uh, the cajon part. I doubled that. 
and also hard left, hard right with the with the cajon. And I think that sounded a lot full, a lot more full. I, I doubt people will notice, like you know, when we write our songs and when I record my songs. Yes. But uh, yeah, when I when I when I'm mixing and doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think of the actual band and where I want them to mm-hmm. be in the skate, mm-hmm. like where I would on the stage. Yeah, if they're if everybody is performing, all the instruments are on stage. I actually have like in my imagination, like okay, you're on stage right, yeah, yeah. you're on stage left, you're in the bat, you're behind the bass, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if she thinks about it like that, that mm-hmm. might help her to like you know don't don't only think about it as like instruments just floating in space. It's mm-hmm. like. Think of it as like an actual person standing there recording the song, yeah. too, right? Or listening, even you know, yeah. not even just a recording, just an audience member listening. Okay, cool. So oh. no, nothing else, right? Do we have one more? Uh, well, Jim, I just want to to bring mm-hmm. up. Jim said, "Don't duplicate the track, though, because yeah, it'll yeah. be be lost. You you need yes. like one or two cents different, mm-hmm. and that that's why you need to like re-record yourself playing the same thing, even yeah. if it is the, exactly the same thing, because it's." two different tracks still it's yeah like the same part same chords same strumming but two different recordings just yeah. just whatever little difference you get from yeah. the second to the first recording yeah. is enough to hear and mm-hmm. it it if you just duplicate the the same track twice mm-hmm. it it'll either be louder or it'll be like almost mm-hmm. in phase where it mm-hmm. kind of just gives you like a weird feeling like it's like oh i don't like this <laughs> i so. like phase so sometimes what i would do is i'd record it and then i would you know, I would stretch out the track. Yeah. I don't know how to explain this, but you know, because you can, uh, you can expand yeah. and you can you make it small. So I make it as long as possible and just move it just a little bit. You know, like I'll duplicate the track, like how Jim is saying not to. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll uh, I'll duplicate it in a different track and I move that just slightly over. Yeah. You know, like just by a hair over, so it's not exactly the same parts. And uh, and that creates a nice little phase like sound yeah. to it. And I, I like I did it. Yeah, hard I mean, left, hard right. <laughs> if if you're going for that effect, right? But if you're you're trying to make it like a natural sounding thing, it's like oh this this gives me a weird feeling in my <laughs> tummy. I don't like it. Something's going on. <laughs> So yeah. yeah. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for um, for listening, for watching, for uh, for checking this out, for hanging out here on uh, Ukulele on the Ground podcast. We'll see you folks next time. So Kai, next week, then you promise Craig uh, and Sarah are going to be here. I hope so. Uh, we have your yeah, word be, on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and then also if Craig and Sarah are coming on next mm-hmm. week, uh, next week was supposed to be when we have our songs due. Yeah. But we'll oh, probably push no, it back uh, no. another. <laughs> day, right? yeah. Oh man! If you can, that, if you guys are looking for Kahai, he's under the bus. <laughs> like, that's, that, why, that, that's where I threw him. That yeah, dang no. Craig and Sarah making <laughs> us push back our songs. So, yeah. But yeah, uh, have a great one, guys. Stay safe. We'll see you folks tomorrow for Aloha Friday Live Jam, and also check out the brand new lesson, Human Nature, Michael Jackson, over on Ukulele on the Ground Solos or UU Plus Solos. We'll see you next time. Aloha. Peace.